I know parents want to know a specific age. You know, I think people listen to it, tell me it's age 11, four months, two days, and they'll write it down <laughs> in their planner and they will do it. You know, there are all these yeah. moms out there who are going to do it all right. Spoiler alert, there is no right age. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter. I'm here with Mary Flo and Megan from um, Birds and the Bees, and I'm so excited because I've been following them for a while, and their specialty is talking to your kids about sex. And I think this is such an important topic that so many of us have questions on. So um, Mary Flo and Megan, could you please introduce yourselves and tell us what you do and, and kind of how where parents can find you and what kind of resources you offer? Megan, you want to go first? Go ahead. Sure. Um, my name is Megan Michelson, and I have, I'm married with three young kids, nine, seven, and four. So getting older, but still young-ish, I guess. I feel like I'm officially out of baby world, which feels like a, a milestone. <laughs> but yeah. nine, seven, four. Um, and I started working with Mary Flo at Birds and Bees seven years ago, which is really exciting. And our goal at Birds and Bees is to equip and empower parents to have age-appropriate conversations with their young kids about sex. We really want to get rid of this whole idea of the talk. And, you know, I think parents culturally, we think, okay, we talk about this one time and that's it. And we want to like get rid of that completely and really train parents to have lots of little by little conversations because that's what makes a huge impact. And um, I'm Mary Flo Ridley and I'm married and we have three grown children, eight grandchildren. And this is a topic that I'm, I've been working on for a long time, for several decades. And um, I will say that this is even right now, I think parents of young children are dealing with this a lot more than they were a couple of decades ago because of the devices that that are in their world. And so there's just a lot more conversations about this in a really healthy way. Parents are just much more in tune to how am I going to approach this topic than I think they were a while back. But we have a website, birds-bees.com, and we also have a great Instagram community. So birds underscore bees is our um, Instagram. So we're just glad to be here. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm I'm so excited. I have so many questions to ask. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, so I love this idea that you said that it isn't really like the sex talk. It's more of like a series of conversations. So the first question I have is, what age do these conversations start and what topics do you first address? Well, they start when you start talking about their bodies. So this starts at potty training. This starts at changing diapers. Actually, it starts even before that because we like parents to think before they even have conversations with their kids to think to themselves, what is the main thing I want my children to know about sex if they're growing up in my family. So we kind of ask and encourage parents to come up with this message that they're trying to get across to their children. And we talk a lot about that. And, and even in our workbook have um, give parents the ability to be equipped to know, okay, where, what direction are these conversations going to take? And I think that's going to vary from family to family. So that's the important pre-step before you talk to your children. But then the words you use, the vocabulary you use. And so we're really talking about young children when they're when it's bath time and like I said, potty training. This is just starting to 
talk to your children in a way that's very um, matter of fact, talking to them like you have the facts and becoming that loving authority in their in their life for these for their bodies and for how their bodies work. Okay. And I would say too, I think so much to piggyback what Mary Flo was saying, so much of our um, goal at Birds and Bees or what excites us is to really take the fear out of this topic um, and to really give parents the confidence to think, okay, I can do this. Because I think so often parents come in with this idea like, oh, like dread. Like, I don't want to talk about this. These words make me uncomfortable. We like to say, you know, penis is not a bad word. Um, it's just a body part. So we just really want to give parents a confidence to have these conversations because they do start so young. And really, it's just so these little conversations when our kids are young, not only protect our kids, but they also set us up for a foundation, a, a solid foundation for future conversations um, that are kind of rooted in like trust and communication. And so starting young and early and often is something we say a lot, but having these early and often conversations really does help establish you as the expert or the loving authority, like Mary Flo said. Body parts is really a, a great place to start and introducing those words, the anatomically correct words, penis, vagina, to our young kids. An age is not really necessarily what we say, but we just say, start as soon as you can. Like when they ask that question, how's that baby getting out of there? Don't put that off. Go ahead and give them a really full answer to that because that's when they realize, okay, this is the person that I'm asking a question and they're, I, I don't have to go find somebody else to ask. So we always tell parents to say, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Invite them in. Also, some children don't ask questions. And so parents feel like, well, I guess I don't have to say anything, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's not really true. Even when they're little, you might take a meal to a family who just had a baby and then on the way, take your child with you. And then on the way home, say, have you ever wondered how that baby got out of there? So instead of leaving this topic up to children to be in charge of when this all starts, you can take the initiative and share information so that they know, oh, okay, it's okay to talk about all of these things. Okay. I love that. That is so interesting. Um, So it sounds like the answer is start as soon as you can and just keep talking about it. Are there any topics that you feel like you should wait on? Um, Like I'm thinking specifically of like the mechanics of sex, you know, at what age is our child really able to learn, you know, what is actually happening? When is it developmentally appropriate? How do you know when you're child is ready to discuss like a, a more advanced sex topic, I guess. The actual act. Um, I think again, I know parents want to know a specific age. You know, I think people listen, like tell me it's age 11, four months, two days, and they'll write it down <laughs> their planner and they will do it. You know, there's all these yeah. moms out there who are going to do it all right. Spoiler alert, there is no right age. And so what we really want parents to understand, and this is something we talk a lot about in our course, but is that your family is the age of your oldest child. And so That's your family, Kara, your, your oldest is seven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so your little boys or your babies, I don't know if they're a boy or girl, but he, your little ones. Four, yeah. They're boys. Yeah. So, so is your oldest a girl? Yes. She's a girl. Okay. We have the same girl, but boy, but mm-hmm. anyways, so your oldest is seven and your little boys are living kind of in a seven-year-old world, so right? True. They are probably yeah. watching things. They, your oldest never watched at seven, hearing things, engage in conversations, running errands at certain times of day. I mean, the things that come out of my four-year-old's mouth, I'm like, Oh my word. I would have been horrified if my oldest at four, I mean, anyways, so we really encourage parents to kind of get a grasp of that understanding that your family is the age of your oldest child and everybody else keeps up. 
Because what that does is kind of pokes through this idea that there is a perfect age because not every seven-year-old is the same. Not every eight-year-old is the same. And so what we really want to do is to shift our focus and our priorities from when, when, when is a perfect age because I want to like do this right. You know, I don't want to do it way too young and like over-sexualize them, but I also don't want to do it way too late and like miss the boat completely. Mm -hmm. So when's a perfect age? And the reality is we got to get rid of this idea of when and really focus on the question of who. Who do you want to tell them? And Mm -hmm. who do you want to have that power of the first impression? And so we're not trying to skirt around your question, (laughs) even though we're not giving you an answer. It's more of like these conversations, like Mary Flo said, start way back when. And it's not like you say nothing. And then all of a sudden you say, you're talking about penises and vaginas getting together. You know, it's like, you got to start way back when and start about body parts and what private parts mean and no means no and stop means stop. And Oh, these parts are private. Nobody can touch these private parts. We're talking about good pictures, bad pictures. We're talking about seeds and eggs. We're talking about all these conversations that build and build and build and build. And, build. and so instead of focusing on age, you really want to focus on, did you do all these other things first? before you have these conversations with your kid. Okay. That's so helpful. Wow. I've never thought about it that way. And also Um, I'm just going to throw one other thing out there. If there, if you feel like they're too young to have exactly the penis and vagina conversation with the specific body parts, you can say this is, well, the way that baby got in there is that the husband and the wife come together in a special way and their bodies fit together in a special way. And a a seed that's deep inside of daddy meets with the egg that's deep inside of mommy. And that's how they get started. There's a way that you can sort of vaguely present that. If you feel like, you know what, you're asking me something that I don't think you're ready to hear. We haven't quite gotten there with all of our body parts or we haven't explained, but that's why I feel like the order of the conversations, it doesn't have to exactly go in this order, but the order that we propose for parents to to take lets you have a foundation of talking about seeds and eggs, the reproduction of all living things. So we kind of keep it somewhat mechanical. We're really not talking about the pleasures or the dangers. We're just, they just want to know why, how how does this work? And so we try to stay in that pre-hormonal stage with them. We, when we're talking to them, they, they don't, they don't understand on, on that side, on the younger side of puberty, this is not a super sexual charged conversation. They just want to know the mechanics of how this happened. So we keep it at their level. We meet them where they are, not in our hormonally charged way. So we see that answer differently than they do. And we just want to meet them where they are. Yes, that that totally makes sense. So that makes me think more generally, how do we reduce, you know, shame around sexuality, make it a matter of fact conversation, like you said, but also like explain privacy and like what's socially appropriate behavior. Um, you know, I know a common example of this is, um, a child who is, um, touching themselves in public, you know, how do you handle that without creating shame around that? So that's our most frequently asked question. Okay. <laughs> um, and one we love to talk about is my child is touching themselves or my son has his hands in his pants all the time. Um, or my daughter is, you know, rubbing herself with a stuffed animal. She's falling asleep. I mean, these are the questions we get all the time and everyone is, you know, embarrassed to ask them or thinking, Oh, we're the only ones, but really it's very common 
oh, high overarching answer, I would say your high level answer is your tone of voice really is so important with all these conversations with young kids, your young children feed off of you and kind of reflect your energy and stuff. So if your child has their hands in the pants, watching TV and you say, stop, ew, oh my gross, get your hands out of there. Ooh, stop that. You know, that is just like a, ooh, like our shock can lead to their shame. And so that is something we really try to train parents on is having the kind of self-control and kind of giving them a plan and giving them the words to say, and then the confidence to say them of like, Oh, let's get our hands out of our pants. We want to keep our, you know, our hands really clean. That's where we go potty. Come wash your hands with me. Um, or flip the script and say, okay, Oh, our privates are really delicate. Our hands can have lots of germs. Let's, you know, get our hands out of our pants, please. Um, so again, we kind of encourage parents. It's the tone of voice that really can kind of take away that shame. Um, and our goal with talking about body parts is to make it very clear what's okay and what's not okay, what touch is okay, and what's not okay for yourself or other people, and to make that black and white, but to keep your tone kind of a, it is what it is thing. These are not mm-hmm. bad parts. These are not bad words. And I think a lot of that just takes practice. And so for parents, I think some parents that's come very easily to them. And some parents like, I can't get that word out. And so that's another benefit of starting young is, you know, if you start ruining these kids are young and you start practicing these words in your home and your facial expressions and your tone of voice, then next thing you know, they're six and you guys can talk about this all day long. <laughs> yes, that's such a good point. Um, so, you know, I think taking the shame away makes so much sense to me, like as a child psychologist, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. But something I wonder about, so when I told my daughter what a period was, you know, I was very matter of fact, I said, it's bleeding, you know, bleeding from your vagina and explain some of the details. And, um, then she went and told the whole kindergarten that a period is bleeding from the vagina. And I was cringing on the inside being like, Oh no. Like, (laughs) um, and so, uh, how do you take the shame away, but also make sure they're not, you know, telling the whole class about it or saying inappropriate things in public. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And sometimes that's what paralyzes parents from even talking to their kids because they don't want this to now be spread around the neighborhood by my child. So what you do set up is uh, kind of a boundary of saying, I'm so glad I got to explain that to you. This is a parent-child conversation thing. And so all your friend's parents They want to tell their own children when they think it's the right time. There's nothing wrong with what I told you, but this falls into the category of a private family conversation. And so that's what parents get to do with their own children and not um, have other children tell them. So when we're having a parent-child conversation, I'm going to give you the heads up. Okay, what I'm about to explain to you is something that we get to talk about at home. No shame. Bring me all your questions. We can talk about it anytime. But once you leave the house or you're talking to your friends, you kind of let your, their parents have those conversations with their children. I love that. That's so great. Um, so I'd love to ask a more specific question next. When do you know that it's no longer appropriate to um, bathe or shower with your child or let them see you naked? Um, and when do you know that it's maybe time to separate siblings in the bathing situation or just generally seeing each other naked? And, and how do you explain that to your child without giving them shame about nudity and about their body? Okay. So we say, again, this is a question we get all the time. Parents don't want to um, 
they want to know when, when do I stop brothers and sisters bathing? When do I stop changing in front of my kids? When does my husband have to put a towel on? Like what, what are the rules? Um, I think parents want a lot of instruction, (laughs) a lot of guidelines. Um, Our rule of thumb is this. We want families um, to respect the most modest person in the home. So what that Mm -hmm. means is if the three kids, you know, let's say nine, seven, four, like my family, um, and they're all boys and girls and everyone's happy in the bathtub together and nobody has any shame. Nobody's embarrassed. Nobody's requesting privacy. If everybody's happy, it is not a problem. Um, what typically happens is around like mid to late elementary school years, somebody will start to kind of, um, verbalize that desire. You know, I don't want to take a bath with my sisters anymore, or I'm gonna take a shower by myself without my brothers or y'all close the door. I'm changing. Um, any kind of desire that's verbalized like that, really try to respect that and say, okay, you don't have to take a bath anymore with your brothers. Or, you know what, guys, close the door. He's changing. So to respect the most modest person. But if everybody's okay with it, and this is all obviously under the pre-puberty years, if everybody's okay with it, then it's fine. And then same with the adults. They are included in this as well. Respect the most modest person in the home. If you're very comfortable you know, running downstairs without a shirt on to grab something or whatever you do in your home, um, your husband's, you know, crossing the room without his towel on to get his clothes, whatever. And everybody's fine. And the kids aren't even looking up from their show and you guys aren't batting an eye, then that is okay. But mm-hmm. if it's making somebody uncomfortable, maybe your husband's like, all right, I'm done. Like the kids are eye level and things are seeming like a lot, like then respect that. Or if you're changing, you're what you're walking around naked, getting your clothes on or putting your whatever. And your little boy is visibly uncomfortable, really respect and kind of try to appreciate that and say, you know what, let's all get some robes for Christmas, or we're going to really close the door when we're changing. Let's try to give everybody a little bit of privacy. Um, so every house is going to have different modesty levels. Every family will have that. Um, but as a rule of thumb, we say respect the most modest person in the home. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. How do we, you know, a lot of us parents hear kind of horror stories and have a lot of fear about, you know, sexual abuse out there. Um, so how do we prepare our children to help protect them from the possibility of sexual abuse without scaring them or bringing up topics that are like really developmentally inappropriate for them? And, you know, I think it it's not just, you know, these adult sexual predators that we think about, but also like other children being inappropriate with them and doing something that doesn't make them comfortable. Like how do we prepare them for that without, you know, just scaring them and making them think about things that are just not something that they should be thinking about at their age. Right. A lot of this that we're talking about right now, a lot of these things bleed into that. Like once again, it's your tone of voice and it's, it's talking about things in how they are appropriate. It's appropriate for us as a family to change clothes in the same house. You know, this is okay. But outside of our family, that would that would not be appropriate. Um, starting with the body parts, also being sure that your children know, sometimes we throw around the word private, like let's keep these private, but they don't even know what that word means. So it's defining that word for them. When I say private, I mean, other people don't touch, look at, or take pictures of your private parts. Your private parts are your penis, your vagina. And the reason we use the word vagina at Birds and Bees is because we just want to hang onto one word for a while when they're little and not get into all the anatomy of a woman's body. Later on, great. That's that's wonderful. And certainly these are your children. You can use whatever words that you want to. But because 
birth and conception involve the vagina. We, that's the word that we kind of hang on. So, but these parts of your body are special and they deserve privacy. They need to be private. And so we cover them up and other people don't uncover them. And we say other people and not just the word strangers, because then they think, oh, well, that's my uncle Jim. He's not a stranger. So we we use other people, and that means grownups, children. Um, it wouldn't be appropriate. And then when they when you do catch your kids playing doctor or doing something inappropriate, once again you try not to freak out, even though everything inside of you is freaking out. You say, yeah. "Oh, remember, remember, we keep our clothes on. We can play doctor with the animals, or we can give a shot in the arm, or you know." But let's leave our clothes on. I know when we're at the doctor's office. You know, so you can be understanding. I understand when you're at the doctor's office, sometimes you do take your clothes off, but this is not a doctor's office and we're not going to do that. So you just calmly come along beside them and, and remind them, and you may not do it that way the first time. And so it's okay. You can circle back and say, I kind of freaked out this morning when I walked in and y'all were playing doctor. I know my tone of voice frightened you. I could see that in your face and I'm sorry. It just really surprised me. So, because I know we've talked about keeping our privates private. So please forgive me for overreacting, but that was, that was mommy overreacting. You weren't doing anything particularly wrong. You just had forgotten, you know, so you can circle back. And if you do freak out. So anyway, it's, I remember saying to my children, this will probably never happen to you. If I felt like it was something I was going to explain to them that, um, it has, but at, but I would say, but it has happened to other children in the past. Sometimes people have a very confusing understanding about sex or about their bodies, and um, they are inappropriate about that. And it doesn't matter if it's a grown-up or another child, but that is not, you. it will probably never happen to you. But if it ever did come close to happening to you, then I want you to know that you leave that situation. You come find a responsible adult. You let somebody know. And you will not be in trouble for for letting someone else know. Don't keep secrets. That's another important conversation too. So there are different levels. You don't just have this Mm -hmm. one conversation. It just comes up a lot. And I just to piggyback on that too, I think that so much of this um, is just creating this tone in your home and in your families. Like this is just something we talk about. And you're having frequent and frank conversations often with your little kids. You know, like I have two little boys. And so they're wrestling all the time. And half the time they're naked. And it's like, boys, stop. Remember, we don't ever touch somebody else's penis. Get your underwear on before you're going to wrestle some more. I mean, it's like, we're just layering and layering and layering. But what you're doing is just letting your kids know these are not bad words. And this is something that we talk about. I've heard my mom say this. I've heard my dad say this because uh, we had this mom share this message just the other day, I think that um, said there was an incident. We've been, you know, implementing these conversations and talking lots about this. And these aren't heavy conversations that we want you to be having with your kids. These are all just, um, but she said, we've been doing this, you know, having these conversations in our home for about a year. There was an incident that happened on the bus on the way home. She did not go into details, but she said a line was crossed, but my son came home and was able to verbalize it to me very clearly. He even met with the school counselor and she was blown away by how calm and clear he yeah. was about this incident. Thank you for like these words. And again, this is not to say that talking to your kids will protect them from everything. That's not the reality. But what it does is give your kids a lifeline to know, oh, that wasn't right. And now I know what words to say. I know exactly which line was crossed and I know who to go to. 
Um, what happens is if we don't talk about these words and there's kind of like this gray secret chain of like, oh, that didn't feel right to me. Kids know, you know, but I don't, I can't, I don't know what to say. I don't even know what words to use. I don't know if I can talk to my parents about this. And so it just kind of gets buried and then things get worse. And so we are just wanting to be as clear as day that um, this is your penis. This is a private part. Nobody else can touch this. Don't touch anybody else's. Oh, guys, that's enough. I told you not, we can't do that. Guys, if anybody else does that, you come and talk to me. These are just conversations you're having over and over and over again, where it's like, this is just something we talk about. And we've had incidences in our own home as my daughter's gotten older, um, where thank God it was nothing awful, but a line was crossed and she joined straight to the teacher to say something using certain words. Um, so they went straight home and talked to me. And it was one of those things, if she had not done that, maybe things would have just progressively gotten worse mm-hmm. and things would kind of just gotten pushed down. But I think it's just very empowering for us as parents to speak in this way to our kids and also be mindful of personalities. Like I have some anxious tendencies in some of my kids. And so I haven't had that conversation that Mary Flo just kind of referenced of like, Hey, there are some bad people out there because I know with my ages and their bins, that's why, this is why we want parents to talk to their kids, not us, because yes. you all know and love your children 10,000 times more than we do. So for me and my kids, it's like, well, I know that conversation would probably send her into a panic, you know? Mm-hmm. So we we're, we haven't gone there yet with her, but um, we have just made it very clear. And I'm sure we'll have those conversations more in the future. But for now, just like Mary Flo said, these are not all at once. These are all little building blocks or what we like to say is drip, drip, drip. And so I think as far as protecting from abuse, you want to clear the air and make it very open. These are the lines. This is not what, this is what's okay. This is what's not okay. These are things we can talk about um, in our home and really just kind of like, there's no secrets. Secrets aren't fun. You know, secrets can be really hurtful. Um, Surprises are great, but we don't do secrets. Um, so I think it's just really lots of talking things we can do. I think what really happens is, um, there's a lot of darkness out there and a lot of bad things do happen. Um, but we just want kids to feel comfortable talking. We want our homes to be a safe place. We want our families to be a safe place that you can come to. And that starts by talking about it. If they've never heard mom or dad say the word penis or never talked about bodies or body parts, then that seems very, it's a very scary step for them to take first. Yes. Um, that is so helpful. And that all makes a lot of sense to me. So the final question I want to ask is, you know, parent as parents now in this day and age, we also have dangers online. We have to worry about. Um, and I was shocked to read on your website that the average age a child first sees porn is 11 and it's often by accident. Um, you know, and it's, it's just, there's so much out there right now. So how do you prevent, um, your child, um, from, you know, young children from getting into these inappropriate spaces online? Is there anything you can do, um, to talk to them or any like safeguards you can use on your electronics, um, to prevent this? Well, like Megan just said, a lot of it has to do with preparing them. Don't just let that be the first thing that, so you have to kind of run ahead of them. And also, as she was saying, which I just love this, we just have to use a very matter of fact, not heavy, like, I want to tell you something really dark and scary that's out there on the internet. Instead of going with that tone, okay, this is a very serious conversation. Instead, just say, you know, this is the iPad. We enjoy watching a lot of fun things there. There's some fun games, but 
Just like we warn them about ovens, about swimming pools, about crossing the street, we don't sit down and go eyeball to eyeball and saying, okay, this is pretty scary. We're about to cross this street. No, we say, hold my hand. This is the safest way. But streets can be dangerous, a dangerous place to play. So we don't play there. So we want them to know technology can, you know, there can be some bad things on technology. Technology can get away from you and you can find things that are not good. There's a wonderful resource called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Mm -hmm. and Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior. And those are great resources because they are a book. You can sit down, you can read them. They give you a game plan to say, okay, we we enjoy and we need our devices, but there are places on our devices that would be very inappropriate that can show damaging or degrading pictures. And um, so we need to give them a plan. If you should stumble upon any of those things, come straight to me. You know, just close the close the iPad and come to me. Don't try to get out of it or change to another. Um, just close it and come to me, and we can talk about it. the The darkness starts in the secrets of it, and and so that's why if you don't introduce the topic, then then you're just setting them up for a bad situation. You need to introduce the topic, and you need to do it in the most matter of fact. Um, it's not a breezy thing, but it is definitely just a, using your normal tone, just like you would warn them. Now, don't forget, I've got the oven on over there, so don't get too close mm-hmm. kind of a thing, that same tone of voice. Okay, that that's very helpful to know um, and makes a lot of sense, you know, so that they could feel comfortable coming to you and know they're not going to be in trouble and know it isn't this shameful thing. Um Well, thank you guys. I've learned so much. This is so helpful. Um, Could you please tell um, everybody where to find you again and, you know, anything else you want to add? Yeah, Kara, thank you so much. I love everything you share. It's so so helpful. And so it's been such a treat to be on this with you. Um, You can find more information about birds and bees. Um, Really the best place is probably Instagram. We share a lot of talking tips and helpful phrases that you can use. Um, and so birds underscore bees is our Instagram platform or handle. And then our website is birds bees.com. And that's where you can find our online course. So our online course is the most comprehensive, um, product that we have that, um, really walks you through our entire, you know, six step strategy and all these things from preteen or pre what is it, preschool to preteen. And so we walk you through all these many years of lots of little conversations. So reach out if you have more questions. We um, love doing what we do. And it's really our joy to um, give parents this confidence that, okay, I can do this because your kids deserve better than the talk and you can do it. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much. This is really, I've learned so much. It's been so helpful. Well, thank you. It's been great to visit with you. Take care of those kiddos. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.